me just make sure that we're all on the same page as far as defining a fall. I want to have a working definition, if that's okay. Uh, a fall is, uh, falls into several different categories, forgive the pun, but it's, uh, it's when you make a mistake. Have you ever said something on the phone, you hang up the phone and you want to call that person back or you just... Uh, this is, let me see if I can visually explain what I'm trying to say verbally. This is a fall when you make a mistake. Stupid, stupid. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I can't, believe I, I can't believe I said that. And see, now some of you are looking at me like I'm Greek, as if you've never done that. And if you never have, la-di-da-da. I have had enough of those moments for me and you, so it's good. Uh, a fall is when you make a mistake. Sometimes there's different levels of mistakes. There's some levels where you say something, you do something, and you can fix it with a bowl of bluebell ice cream. Bluebell is going to be in heaven right next to Chick-fil-A. Just know that. Write that down. It's not in the Bible, but I can just feel it in my spirit. Uh, It's just, a bowl of ice cream can fix it. You know, it's just, you said it it was stupid. You shouldn't have did it. You made a mistake. Eat some ice cream. Get over it. There's other mistakes. There's other falls that it's going to take you weeks to figure that one out. You might be on the couch sleeping for a while. Uh, you, you, You made a huge mistake. Sometimes... You're going to be cleaning that spilt milk up for months or years. You can get fired over that mistake. Uh, You really did it this time. Sometimes a fall uh, is not some mistake that you made. Uh, You got pushed and then fell. Does that make sense? There's somebody came along and just pushed you and you fell. It was something Uh, mean that they did to you. Uh, Something not nice. Uh, I don't mean to uh, crawl into your space um, uh, too quickly or uh, without caring, but uh, just let me step into your space for a minute. Some of our fall uh, was a push by our mom or a push by our dad. The way they raised us or Some of the things that they said, they pushed us. We fell. And now we walk with a limp because of it. Uh, We're just not quite as agile, just a little bit insecure, uh, just a little bit tentative. These are falls that I want to talk about. Because how do you move on from that type of situation? How do you move on? And there's one last fall I want to talk about, a spiritual fall. You walk through a season with God. You tell God during that season, I need you to help me. You're going to church, you're doing all you can do, and God doesn't pull through the way you asked him to pull through. And it may have happened years ago, and ever since, because of that spiritual skid mark, rough patch, you and your relationship with God, is just, it's just never been the same. Because you can't understand why he didn't come through even to this day. These are falls, these skid marks, these rough patches. Uh, One of the reasons why I love David so much is that he had one rough patch after the next. 
And he wrote them down so that we could study them. How would you like to be David? We can study all of your mistakes. Can somebody just write down all of your mistakes, all the stupid things that you've said, and let's just study them for a few years. What not to do? Uh, so here we go. Let's dive into it. This is uh, David. Um, and just the backdrop of this, David just became king. And uh, he told his troops, his staff, uh, if I'm going to be king, I want the Ark of the Covenant in Israel. The Ark of the Covenant was a gold box that represented the presence of God. Right now, when you drive down the road, you're on Highway 45, you're on the Beltway, you're on 610, the Holy Spirit of God is with you. But in those days, it was confined to wherever that Ark was. So if the ark was in Montana, the presence of God was in Montana. If the ark was uh, in Florida, the presence of God was in Florida. If the ark was in Louisiana, the presence of God would not go there, period. It just... <laughs> Let's just dive right into it. Sorry, Colleen. I just had to... I, 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 just give me some boot and we'll call it fair. All right. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 6. But when they arrived at the threshing floor, everybody say threshing floor. Oh, you sound good. Everybody, one more time, threshing floor. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled and Uzziah reached out his hand and steadied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger aroused against Uzziah and God struck him dead because of this. So Uzziah died right there beside the ark of God. So David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David, a.k.a. Israel. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom. Everybody say Obed. Obed. We're going to come circle back around to him in just a minute. Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. And so what's basically taking place is that uh, uh, David is saying, Hey, if I'm going to be the king, I do not want to do it without the presence of God. We're going to go get the presence of God and we're going to bring it home. I am not. See, that's what I like about David is he was honest enough with himself. I cannot do this without God. Uh, If you're anything like me, I've had certain seasons in my life of boneheadedness. Where I'm just like, I'm going to go ahead and take a swing on my own. Let's see how this works out. David was not going to do that. He says, let's go get the Ark of the Covenant. And basically what happens here is the Ark of the Covenant, you can't touch it, otherwise you'll die. There was two sticks that ran on both sides. And people would just grab the Ark and and lift it up and, and move it around with these sticks. So David picked out three random guys or four random guys or however many it took to lift up the ark and just said, hey, you guys, you know, get your finger out of your nose and help me lift this thing up. Mo, Larry, Curly, come here. Get over here. Get over here. Pick up. Yeah, you pick it up. All right, let's go home, people. Let's go home. Yeah. And it just turned into a huge wreck. The cattle tripped over. They fell in the ditch. The Ark of the Covenant fell over. Somebody died. David goes into a depression like he never has before. He goes home for three months. He's just sitting there eating bluebell and nothing is getting better. Finally, he begins to come to himself. 
And the Lord begins to speak to him. If you're taking notes this morning, point number one of four is simply this. Experience is what you get when you don't get what you wanted. Experience is what you get when you don't get what you wanted. And David, that's exactly what happened to him. He did not get what he wanted, and now layers of experience is being injected into him at that moment. I'm going to give you A, B, and C underneath that point number one. Failing, messing up, exaggerates. It just exaggerates. Uh, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm, when I make a mistake or when I'm having a bad day, I feel like my whole life is messed up. Because of this bad day or this bad meeting, I'm in a bad mood. I'll come home after a long day of work. The dogs are <laughs> coming up to me. The kids, Daddy! And, and I just had a rough meeting, and now I'm like this. Come on. I'm just, just down. Why? Because something happened. And what I've learned is that failures and mistakes, they exaggerate. You make one mistake. You say one stupid thing. And all of a sudden it exaggerates. So you know what I've learned to do? I pull out a pen and paper and I write down exactly what's wrong that's putting me into a bad mood. And wouldn't you know, it's usually about one or two things. And then I look at it, I'm like, I am this upset over that? It, write it down. Try it. No, B, underneath that first point, is simply this. Falling is paralyzing. When you make a mistake, uh, you just kind of freeze. Let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Imagine I have four sticks. One, two, three, four. And I've got four china plates on each of the four sticks. And each plate represents something significant. So the first plate is my work. You can only spend one plate at a time, right? 40 hours a week, waking up at the crack of dawn. And then it's like, oh, my family's number one. My family's number one. Okay. You can't do both at the same time, right? It's like, my oh, baby, I love you. Oh, I forgot that it was Valentine's. Oh, oh geez, 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 I can't believe. Or, or, you know, I haven't called my mom in months. I haven't called my dad in months. There's certain relationships that's just all messed up. And I, I'll be with you in just a minute. Have you ever gone out with a friend and they're emailing while you're sitting there? It's like, have you ever been in the car with a friend and they're talking on the phone the whole time you're sitting with them? No. Great. Um, so here we go. It's just whether, whatever the relationship is, it's just like you're spinning it, spinning it, spinning it. A best friend, a wife, a kid. You're spinning it, spinning it, spinning it. It's like, hey, just hold on one second, and you got to get back to work. Money doesn't grow off trees, baby. Come on. And then you're over here. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, uh, this is New Year's resolution. I was going to lose weight this year. I got to get back to work. I got to take care of my friends who just keep on. You, you ever have someone in your life that gets offended if they text you more than you text them or they call you more than you call them? It's just like, bro, get a life. All right, I'll call you more. I'll go out to eat more. And okay, I got to work. My goodness, this is half of my life. If I'm not sleeping, I'm working. This is a big deal. And I got to start working out and running. Jeez. Oh, 
this. Okay. It, it, the, the working out and running thing is an interesting thing because have you ever stood on the scale in the morning? And you're like, it's got to be broke. It's way too much. Here, I'll, I'll try it again. Oh, geez. Now we're in a bad mood for the next 20 minutes, right? Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that when you step on a scale and it's higher than you want, the scale's broke? And you got to try it again? But if you ever step on the scale and it's lower than what you thought you were going to see, it's good. It's right. It's perfect. It's not chance it. Let's just get out of here. So you're spinning these plates. You're working. You're doing the best you can. Trying to take care of these relationships. Your wife, your kids, you get a soccer game. Your, 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 your best friend saying, I thought you were going to work out with me every Monday. And I haven't seen you. And when it's all going, all of a sudden one plate cracks. Then you pull out your pen and paper. Just got fired. That's the one thing that's making me depressed. And it's like this just this paralyzing moment. That's what mistakes do. C is it's revelatory. I want to just say this about mistakes and falls. And I'm going to really dive into this. Mistakes and falls are allowed and the stamp of approval is from God before you ever stumble. Before you ever make a mistake. Write this on your notes, will you? In, in Psalms 37, 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So if you're good and you're trying to be good, you're doing the best you can, you know you're not perfect, but you love God and you're doing the best you can, every step you take is ordered by God. Now on Monday morning and Tuesday morning, your steps look like this. When you go to Cancun or you go to uh, Big Bend's National Park, how many of you are campers? You like to camp? You like to get a tent? That's not normal, by the way. Just want to let you know. When you're on vacation, steps look like this. My wife and I went camping one time. I woke up. The tent was on my nose. The tent just came down and laid just so gently on my nose. In my inflatable mattress, I could feel rocks because it was like, I was laying in the middle of it. That was the last time we ever went camping. (laughs) I thought it'd be a good idea to bring our dog. The dog was laying on us. I did not know our dog had gas in the middle of the night. (laughs) I thought we'd never been camping again. But when you're on vacation, whether it's camping, Hawaii, Your steps are like this. Those are ordered by the Lord. Tuesday, every single one of them. It's busy. They're ordered. All these ordered. Boom, 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 boom. Vacation. Every step is ordered by the Lord. Now, just know this. Your trips, if these are ordered by the Lord, if these are ordered by the Lord, what makes us think these are not? When God sees a trip, this is going to be okay. This is going to be okay. If this was going to be devastating, if this was going to affect my plan for their life, I wouldn't let it happen. 
but this is going to be okay. This is what happened to David. It was devastating to David. It was rough for David. But point number two, where you fall is no accident. Where you fall is no accident. So here we go. We got Mo, Larry, and Curly carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Whoa, 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 boom. They dropped the Ark. The Bible says that it fell on was good. Say it a little bit louder and everybody else will say it with you. The Ark of the Covenant fell on the... Oh, that's good. All 20 of you knew it. The Ark of the Covenant fell on the... Boom. Fell on the threshing floor. Now, why would the Bible say it fell on the threshing floor? The reason why is the threshing floor is the place where the shaft of the wheat... And the wheat itself gets separated. So here's the dirt. Here's the shaft. Here's the wheat. The shaft, have you ever bitten into some shaft? Smells, it tastes like bamboo. You got to get rid of the shaft. The shaft is no good. The wheat, however, mwah. So the threshing floor is where you separate it all. The way they would do it is they would rip it out of the ground and put it in a big pile. And then they rip and they throw it in the air and the wind will blow and separate. It was, it's a beautiful thing. And so the threshing floor is where you take what's not needed and you separate with what is needed. You separate what is good from what is bad. Now let me see if I can illustrate this. Brother Dwayne, would you bring me those, uh, those peanuts? Any of you like peanuts? Let me see. Any of you? Just me. Fantastic. Shayla likes peanuts. Oh, yeah, Shayla, why don't you come on up here and, and just, just come up here. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand. <laughs> Toy, why don't you come on up here? Help, help me with these peanuts. Come on. There you go. Papa Doc, you want to help me with some peanuts? Yeah, come on, Papa Doc. Come help me with these peanuts. Papa Doc's my neighbor, everybody. He's a car. Come on up here. Come on up here. Come on up here, Papa Doc. Papa Doc's my, my neighbor. This is his lovely wife. He married over his head. Stand up, Linda. There you go. Have a, have a peanut, Papa Doc. Go ahead. Ah, that's awkward. I brought you up here, and they just were like, hey, there's Papa Doc. Linda stands up. They clap. That's... Go ahead and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Go ahead and eat it. Eat it. Go ahead. I've got more here. Now, don't worry about making a mess. Just let it fall to the floor. Seriously, I'm, I'm okay with that. There you go. What's that? What's that restaurant? What's that restaurant? Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah. It's like Texas Roadhouse. Go ahead. It's okay. There you go. That's it. It feels weird when you break a rule, huh? It's like, I don't know if we're supposed to do this, but uh, are we putting real wine in next Sunday? I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'm going to give you guys some water. Brother Dwayne's got some water for you. Go, go ahead. You sure? There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen any movies lately? What'd you see? Lone Survivor. That was good, wasn't it? Jeez. I asked the guy in the first service if he's seen any movies. And him and his wife went to go see that love story. Last part. What's the name of it? Endless love. Yeah, and, and he said that he picked it. She didn't pick it. He picked it. I'm like, now hold on a second. You had RoboCop and you had Endless Love. 
You gonna have another one? You want another one, Papa Doc? There we go. There we go. That's why I like him. This guy makes some fish, by the way. You know what's in it? Give these people a round of applause, will you? Go ahead. You know what's so interesting about, uh, about all these peanuts? Is I didn't tell them. You can go ahead and sit down. I didn't tell them how to eat these peanuts. I didn't say, hey, don't eat that shell. That shell will mess you up. All three of them just took the peanut and like, hey, and just they start just getting rid of the shell. They just know this shell is no good. I can't work with this shell. I want what's good. Can I just tell you, when you hit a falling moment, a threshing floor moment, the Lord has arranged that moment because there is a shell part of you that has got to go. We can't go any further until that part of you is gone. And if you look over the course of your life, absolutely put your hands together for that. If you look over the course of your life and you point out these moments, 1992, 2003, 1981, you pick out these moments where you, it was a rough patch. Now that you have 2020 vision and you can look back, can you not see the person you've become because of those moments? I know it was hard. I know it broke you. It broke you into pieces. It was a threshing floor moment. It was the worst time of your life. And I'm not trying to minimize it because it was hard. But look at you right now. I'm just saying when you fall, when you trip, whether it's a minor mistake, whether it's large, whether somebody pushed you, the Lord's when you fall is no accident. It is no accident. He sees the timeline of your life. He knows where he's trying to bring you. He knows where he's wanting to take you. And there's certain parts that can go no further. You know, if I want to go to Florida and I go to Intercontinental, I can get from here to Intercontinental with a knife or a gun in my pocket. I can get from here to there. But if I want to go any further, some things have got to go. I just want you to know, our desire. Have you ever tried to take a gun away from a Texan? <laughs> Say when. <laughs> you, it, you don't have to give it up. But if you want to go to Florida, you better give it up. The way the Lord is with each of us, when you fall, hey, there's a part of us that the Lord's trying to take out. There's a little extra humility. With David, he fell, made the most miserable mistake, and he realized, oh my goodness, after three months of being down and being discouraged, after three months, the Lord finally began to show him, David, your priorities are all messed up, man. I'm not going to let you bring the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, into Israel. You just became king, but I'm not going to let you go any further with that a part of you. Your priorities are all messed up. You don't prioritize me the way you should. And if I let you keep on going, you are going to mess a lot of things up. And one person has already died because of you. We're not going to go any further until you get it right. I just want to say, if it's okay for me to just follow my heart for a second. Some of us hit those rough patches. Just want you to know, the Lord, if you can do this. 
If you can do that, there's a plan for you that is incredibly special. But God's got to take some things off of us in order for us to get there. Now watch this. Point number four. This is my last and final point. I'm sorry, point number three. There is grace to finish what has been started. There is grace to finish what has been started. There's grace. So God fixes this part of David, and then David goes back to Obed-Edom's house. He's now gotten his life right with God. He's prayed. He's done all he needs to do. He goes back to Obed-Edom's house. Now, now just work with me here. This is not in the Bible, but it kind of is in the Bible. Is it okay if I just put the Frankie International Version in there? Is that okay? Is that all right? I've been doing it all morning long, so you might as well just say, yeah. Here's the Frankie, the King James Version plus Frankie International Version. David goes back to Obed-Edom. Now, the Bible says that Obed-Edom was blessed. Now, when I read the commentaries, I find out that he was poor before the Ark of the Covenant came into his house. He was poor before he was poor. He was poor. Now, the Ark of the Covenant is, is in his house. Not just him, but everybody is experiencing blessings upon blessings. Now they're loaded. So David walks up to Obed-Edom's house. King David is going to Obed-Edom's house. Imagine someone rings your doorbell, ding dong, and you're thinking, who is it? Isn't that what we think? Who is it? You open up the curtain and it's Barack Obama. You're like, Barack Obama, the president of the United States. That's what was happening. The king shows up to Obed-Edom's house. Now, we all know David was not a Texan. But just for a second, let's just pretend like he was. Obed, want my stuff back. (laughs) Want my stuff back. Obed, open the door. Obed, and I can just imagine him pressing his ear up to the door trying to find out if he's home. Have you ever pretended like you're not home? When somebody, somebody calls, you see the caller ID and you're like, yeah, pigs will fly before I pick that phone up. Have you ever not wanted to lie to somebody? You're like, yeah, I'm outside. And uh, I've never done that, actually. But he has his ear up to the door, and the only thing he hears is Obed-Edom. He just went from poor to rich. He's, he went to poor to rich, and what I think is happening is, is that he's in there, and he's celebrating with his entire family. He's looking at his kids, and he's in his living room. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Look what... and. So that's what it feels like when you guys are up here. That's 
look, you're either going to put me on the team or I'm going to make my own band (laughs) and fire you guys. There's a doctor sitting behind you. He'll hire you guys. You guys can play outside of his office like those guys in New Orleans with the buckets. So I suggest you bring me on. So he's, I look what the Lord, so he's worshiping. He's all excited. David, want my stuff back. See, there's something really special about a person who falls, regroups, and says, I'm going to finish what I started. I'm going to finish what I started. You know how easy it is to walk away from a relationship just because somebody messed up? Somebody said something stupid. Somebody didn't say anything and that was pretty stupid. You know how easy it is to just walk away from something? You know how easy it is to have God put something in your heart and all of a sudden that passion grows cold? You know what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24? In the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Oh, when I see the love of God in friends of mine growing cold, it breaks my heart. And it grows cold so subtly because they don't think they're cold. They think I'm crazy for suggesting they're cold. I got Hillsong in my car and I sing all the time. Okay. Okie dokie. You're cold, man. You're cold. You don't even know you're getting cold. You know, it's, it's a scary thing. So here, here David, he's not going to allow himself to get cold. He's not going to allow himself to give up. He's going to pick up right where he left off. I just want to encourage you, if you only hear one thing today, finish what God started. There's enough grace. There's enough grace. He goes back to the ark and he says, Mo, Larry, and Curly, don't touch the ark. Levites, I want you guys, the priests, the pastors, you pick up the ark. And every time we take six steps back home, we're going to stop, we're going to make a sacrifice, and we're going to worship God. We're going to take six more steps, we're going to stop, we're going to make a sacrifice, and we're going to worship God. We're going to take six more steps, we're going to stop, we're going to make a sacrifice, and we're going to worship God. We're going to take six more steps, we're going to stop, we're going to make a sacrifice, and we're going to worship God. We are not doing it the way I did it when we all had to pay for it. Things are going to change around here and it's going to change first by worshiping God every six steps. I would make it ten, but some of you might forget to worship God. So we're going to make it six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop. Worship. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop. Worship. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Stop. Worship. I'm not going to make the same mistake. Not going to make the same mistake. The Bible says that he went home joyful. And what about Obed Edom? (laughs) Imagine being Obed Edom. Look what the Lord, what? Man, we had a good thing going on here. He's got his daughter with the tamarind. Look what, daddy. 
This is what Obed-Edom does. Hey, 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 you know what? I know what it's like to not have the presence of God, and life was rough. Nobody was worshiping, nobody was praying, nobody was stopping, nobody was getting up, nobody was pursuing. One failure messes up our whole life. No more of that. We know what it feels like to have the presence of God, to pursue the presence of God, to worship the presence of God. We were all affected by it. And as the man of this house, every once in a while, the man of the house needs to do that, you know? Honey, pack your bag. Sissy, pack your bag. Bubby, pack your bag. Pack, pack your bag. Pack your bag. Pack. But daddy, you got this lazy boy for Christmas, and I'm just so happy with this flat screen playing PS, whatever it's called. I want to stay right here. Hey, we're not voting. You can vote if you'd like, but... We're not voting. Pack up. Let's go. Pack up. I need more of this, less of that. More of this, less of that. Let's go. Up, 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 up. Obed-Edom was Italian. What are you, stupid? Get up. Get up. Let's go. I thought my name was stupid till I was nine. What are you, stupid? Get up. Come on. He says this, we're going to follow that ark. David, you're going to come take this ark? Well, guess what? We got our bags packed, and we're going to follow you. David says, you can do what you want to do, but I'm taking the ark. He takes the ark, and he puts it in the center of Jerusalem. Obed-Edom fills out an application to stand at the gates of the city. To protect the ark. Outside the city at the gates. That's as close as he can get. He's going to get as close as he can get. He watches a read your Bibles. David promoted him from outside of the city. See, some people don't know what to do for God because they're not looking low enough. Can I say that again? Uh, I'm, only gonna, I'm only gonna be the president. I'm not gonna be the janitor. Okay, that's fantastic. How about you be nothing? No, I don't like that either. Okay, shut up. Obed-Edom said, I'll take it. Just put me outside the walls. That's fine. I'm going to be here every single day. If I'm supposed to be here at 8, I'll be here at 7.30. Outside of the walls. David says, okay, you know what? You've done that so well. I'm going to promote you. Now you're not outside the walls anymore. I'm going to put you inside the chambers to protect the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. Then he did that faithfully. And all of a sudden, David said this. You know what? I've been watching you. You followed me all the way here. You stood outside the gates of the city. Then I promoted you to be inside here. And guess what? While all this was happening, your children grew up. And so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to hire your kids now. I'm going to employ your children to watch over the presence of God. So get your kids to come in here and watch over the Ark of the Covenant. And the whole family would stand there and guard the Ark of the Covenant. And if you only came here to say this, there's got to be a part of us that says, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to model for my kids. Hey, daddy made a mistake today. Mommy made a mistake today. If you're single, you go to Starbucks and you sit down with your very best friend and say, look, I just made a mistake. I am so embarrassed. 
just, I just want my life, just, I just want to just move somewhere. I'm just so humiliated. But we model, we fall down, we get up, we start moving. We fall down, we get up, we start moving. And we raise a culture of influence around us. This is how we live for God. We know what it's like to live without him. We know what it's like to be with him. And we're never going to live without him ever, ever again. Would you stand your feet for me, please? Have you ever heard of a sycamore tree? Anyone? Sycamore tree? A sycamore tree... It's one of those trees that bears fruit. You know what they used to do in the Bible days is they would take a, um, a steel hook or a prong. That's it, a prong. And they would walk up to the fruit of the sycamore tree and they would pop it with the back end of the prong and bruise it. And then they would go to other fruit on the tree and sometimes it would scrape it or cut it. Then it would bruise it and then cut it, bruise it, cut it, bruise it. And they'd go through the entire orchard that way. Just Because if it weren't cut and it weren't bruised, it would end up being bitter. Some of us... You know, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, uh, I can't remember, I think they were in the first service. They were sitting right over here. She said, I feel so comfortable here because I know that your past, she was talking to me, has got a lot of bad stuff in it. And I feel comfortable here. Bad stuff meaning my family situation was just a big, huge wreck. My mom's over here. My dad's over here. My mom has this boyfriend. You know, it's just a big wreck. And she goes, I feel so comfortable here because, you know, I come from a kind of a wrecked family too. Some of you are in this room and you're like, that's me. You put my 70 years on that screen and I'm pretty embarrassed. We've all been bruised. We've all been cut. But had not God done that, oh, we wouldn't be bearing the fruit that we are. Where you fall, where you're cut, where you're bruised, it's all been calculated. Now the big question is, what do we do? David went home stayed away from God for three months. That was not good. He came to his senses, got his life in order, and went home joyful. Let me ask you, what do you do when you fall? This is how I'd like to close the message. You remember I was talking about these plates? I just feel like some of you are just spinning those plates. You love God. There's no question about that. But you are spinning some plates. And before you leave today, I'd like for you to just say, God, I need your help.